So what I'm saying is that I completely agree with you, but I wouldn't tell people that you agree with Bernie Sanders and you're a socialist. I wouldn't do that. Good. Good. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Escaping Tyranny, guys. I'm followed along right now with uh, my father, the man, the myth, the legend, Eddie Staley. Dad, what's going on? Hey, glad to be here and glad to be interviewed for my little baby boy. You can say whatever the fuck you want, by the way. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, how would you... Okay, so how would you describe our relationship? You and I, father, son. How, how would you describe that? How would you describe me? Let's, let's pick your brain. Take you know, time. I still tried to be the the dad and guide you and stuff, but I know that you're old enough now to make your own decisions and stuff, and I just try to be the best influencer that I have on you, unlike when you were a child where I could just say, hey, you know, if you don't do it, I'm going to beat your ass. Yeah. So that's a tough transition, to be honest with you. And um, learning from your own opinions and uh, and um, you have your own thoughts now, even though you had your own thoughts back then, but now I have to um, transition and saying, okay, you know, you're an adult, you got to... Um, I've got to agree with you or just let it go. Disagree. Move on. Even disagreeing with you is like disagreeing with a woman. So it's... Oh, yeah. Enlighten me on that. pissing in the wind. Enlighten me on that. You're pissing in the wind. That's what it is? Yeah. Pissing in the wind, you're going to get wet? (laughs) How would you... Okay. So for anybody that doesn't know the story, how would you describe the first time you changed my diaper? Because so, I've I've heard this story a multitude of times, but I'm just trying to trying to figure out what uh what was going through your head. You tell the story from from the horse's mouth. What are you trying to say? Say it. Well, say whatever the fuck. It doesn't matter. You can cuss. Doesn't matter. I don't. You're not gonna embarrass me. So, <laughs> you know, technically tyranny is okay. So for anybody listening to this, my is that what you're about to say? Is that yeah? So my 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 dad uh has adopted me when was I three I was one well you were one and a half when you first came into my life okay so then when did you legally adopt me Uh, I still haven't I mean in your heart (laughs) but legally (laughs) not emotionally adopted me legally Uh, I think you're probably about five probably really I think four or five something like that that's news to me I didn't know that well, I, honestly, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't know. Right, and so, I, and I, I don't know exact date. I mean, it was. You don't know. That's a fucking important part of your life, yeah, except for me of all people. <laughs> so yeah, for anybody listening, th- this is my dad. I have a lot of people in my life tell me, "Oh, it's your stepdad." I'm like, "No, that's my dad. Like he raised me. That's all I know as a father." So, that's. I mean, that's one of the highest callings you can have, and one of the most respectable things. So it used to be something I think I would like shy away from telling people, but now I'm super proud about it. I mean, you've shown me how to, how to be a man. So it doesn't bother me in the slightest. So anyways, <laughs> so the first time you changed my diaper. Yeah. I remember we were in, cause I wasn't a newborn. I was, I was what one year and a half. 
um, <clears throat> yeah, your your mother went to work, and you know, and I stayed with you, and you uh, duties in your britches, <laughs> and I was like, okay, and then when I looked and I checked, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, and I smelt, and I'm like, whoa! <laughs> and um, it's my boy. I had a quick lesson on how to do it and stuff, but I just couldn't do it, and I could not do it. And I had to call my buddy down the street, Clay. I said, Clay, hey man, come on, I need your help. And he drove up the road, and Tierney and I were waiting in Tierney's bedroom for Clay to come. And um, all of a sudden, Tierney started jumping up and down on the bed, doing seat drops like a trampoline. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, dude. I mean, crap, sorry. No, you're good. <clears throat> Quit doing that. So you're I'm smashing so I'm, this. I'm jumping up and down. I'm jumping you're feet jumping to ass. Feet to on ass. The bed. Like a sit dro- seat drop. I mean, great form. <laughs> and um, so Clay shows up, and I'm like, oh, God. And get him in the living room. And Clay, like a way he should have done it, he didn't just, I was hoping he'd just come and do it. No. <laughs> he sat in the living room. Just hand me off. He sat in the living room on the recliner with his Bud Light. And I sat there and pulled his Tyranny's britches off and whoa. And they were like huge elk pellets. <laughs> and they were smashed like milk duds. And. I was just gagging and struggling, but I finished it, got it done, did it 100%, diaper didn't fall off, and I said, that's it, don't feed him anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. So, did he just walk you through it, like you, you had to do everything, and he just sat there drinking a beer, supervising? Pretty much, yeah, pretty much, and do this, wipe up, whatever, and I'm gagging, and um, it was obviously comical. It wasn't comical at the time, but now you look at it, and I'm, I guess the most comical thing was when the tyranny of the little bastards is jumping up and down on that futon and landing on his ass while we were waiting <laughs> on the, out the window like Santa Claus is coming because I was hoping, <laughs> come on, Clay, dude, you're not, you're not that far down the street. I was about to say, he had to have been – he probably showed up from phone call to be there in two minutes, no, but that two no, minutes felt like an eternity. No. <laughs> If you know Clay, he was always, he's not, he's not always on time, but that's Clay for you. What's, so I had many injuries growing up. I was injury prone. What's, what are a couple things that stick out in your mind that you're like, are you fucking serious? I know the baseball one was crazy. The baseball one? I forgot about the baseball one, yeah. And a concussion, broken nose, but I kept my eye on the ball. You kept the eye on the ball and caught it with your face. That was good. And we had to go to the hospital on that. I just remember throwing up all over the dugout. I probably turned away from that because I can't, <laughs> I can't handle that. But yeah, I remember that. That is actually during a Willie Mays, um, Little League city game. tournament type yeah. deal is what it was, and you're playing shortstop, and that ball was. I mean, you're right under it. I mean, you did keep your eye on the ball, but the mitt wasn't there, and. Um, I guess the major one was that 
fucking ACL shit at Yaffa football and I was coaching you guys and you guys are dicking around on the bandstand thing and um so when you say bandstand what what are you talking about it was like a scaffolding kind of thing that was laid over and you guys wanted to go over there and lift it up and get on top of the dugout I don't know what you guys are trying to do I really don't I was the ringleader actually that's the reason why I got hurt that's my excuse you were the ringleader oh yeah <laughs> that's why I was like, it's fitting that I was the one that got hurt. So yeah. Like, hey, what if, so it was so laying on its side. So for anyone, they're over there lifting that thing up, and then. So for everybody... anyone listening, hearing that lifting that thing up, right? It was, it, it was the old thing that the band. What what is that? The conductor. The conductor that stood was on. I think I don't know. And it was I mean... sitting sideways. So the, there was a ladder on it, but it was sitting sideways. And I was like, what if we lift this up? We can climb the ladder, get on top of the dugout, and we're all in fourth grade. We're not strong enough to lift that thing up. Huh. Yeah. No, obviously not. <laughs> so everybody gets over there and lifts his, lifts it up, lifted it up, and then um, I I don't know. You guys probably got a quarter away, not even that far probably, and everybody backed out except for you. You're not a quitter. I'm not a quitter, baby. And um, it fell down and smashed his knee, and it was during the Farmington PV game that night. It was on a Friday night, so it was only helmets. And um, we get home, and then I've got to get ready to go run the chains. You got a job to do. Yeah, I got a job. <laughs> let me tell you. My boy's staying home. I got to go work. <laughs> and then his knee was swelled up. And I was like, you know what? It's PV Farmington. And I'm going to go. Chains and I got to go. <laughs> He'll be all right. That's, it's spring. It's not, it's not Odessa, Texas, but it's PV Farmington. <laughs> so it's I got to go run the it's chains. All right. We come back and it swelled up, still purple. It's still okay. And then down the road, it's a torn ACL. I mean, you gotta be goddamn kidding me. Uh, do you remember how old I was? Fifth, fifth, sixth grade. I was in the fourth grade. I was nine years old. Oh, fourth grade. I was nine years old. Had a torn ACL. Yeah. With Booby Miles and. Yeah. Great. <laughs> There's no Booby book or movie over that either. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Jesus. So I I end up missing out on a lot of sports but I ended up wrestling and wrestling's kind of in our blood tell me about high school how did you get into wrestling I got into wrestling in 8th grade because my mom and she doesn't remember this because she doesn't remember <laughs> she doesn't remember wrestling. you wrestling but she got me into wrestling boys and girls club and um I just started there and wasn't enthralled about it in the ninth grade I guess she talked to Mascarenus and stuff and then kind of convinced me. Mascarenus being? Leonard at Heights. Who is Leonard Coach Mascarenus? Mascarenus. Coach Mascarenus. Okay, so he's, he's, a, I'm he's, sorry. A, he's a wrestling coach. Okay. I know Everybody should know this, you know. <laughs> Everyone, find it on Google. Exactly. Google it. But, um, so we got in, I got into it then and then just um, transpired from there. I had friends that were higher classmen than me. And one of one of my good friends, his dad was the head wrestling coach at Farmington High, and I just followed suit. Um, my regret was I quit after my junior year and not finished through. But um, great sport, great sport. I mean, talking about from going from wrestling to golf. I mean, just it was such a huge. Um, everybody should wrestle. Everybody should wrestle. I mean, especially football players, but. It's a 
that was my transition into it and it just so you went so your sophomore year of high school you you wrestled for coaching right right and then you wrestled junior year under coach johnson johnson and then you had that one year and you're like i'm done what yeah, was after what that. what was the reasoning and I don't. I just want to know, just because it's it's a curiosity of mine. Did was it because you weren't going to be on varsity? Was it you didn't like the coaching? Was it I want to enjoy my senior year? What was it for you? You know, I don't know. I mean, I love Coach Johnson. He's a great coach, and I totally regret from um, not following his program. But it was a chain transition stage from Enright to Johnson on one end. And then the other end was, hey, you know, my mind wasn't set in on it, and um, I wanted just to play around my senior year and and um, not be so dedicated to wrestling and such. So that was my failure on it, and um, I regret it every day. But uh, one thing about it, I never pushed you no. into this is what you need to do. But you start it, you got to finish it. And I know my parents always told me, you know, you, you start it, you got to finish it. You got to yeah. start, you got to finish it and stuff. And um, it was everything. It was everything. And um, so that was ingrained in me. But I feel like I failed that because I did not finish my senior year as a wrestler and follow through with that. And I, I totally regret that. And I always told Tierney that if, uh, you know, don't ever turn around, you know, you, if you try it and you know, my parents always told me, try it, just try it, give it a shot. If you don't like it, then you can finish or not do it the next following year. And that was my whole, um, mindset, mindset on doing stuff. And Well, and that was the thing that with Amory and I, uh, Amory being my sister, the the things that we would do, it, the way I describe it to people is we we could have a shot glass of something. We could, you know, every, or everyone else, when you try something, you'd have like a shot glass of it, right? If you're going to try a soda, everyone else is like, oh, I'll try it. And they, they think, oh, I'll take a sip of it. It's like, no, we bought you the Coke. You got to drink the whole fucking thing. Then you can tell me whether you like it or not. And that was everything, right? If you started the season with wrestling, you started with soccer, you started with that, it wasn't like you had a two-week trial process. Right. No, right. we're you're starting it, you're finishing it through. You don't have to play next year, but you started it, you got to finish it. Right. And that Absolutely. was everything that we had in life. Absolutely, and I totally agree with that, even to this day with anything that um, Tierney or Amory does, or even myself, is, you know what, if I'm going to start it, just finish it out. <laughs> and um, grow from it. Yeah. So another thing that was really funny growing up, and I don't know that anyone else had this philosophy, but my dad would go to every parent-teacher conference I ever had all the way through my senior year, no matter what. And what did you tell every fucking teacher that I had? (laughs) The first thing I ever went from kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade to senior year I wouldn't worry about their grades. I didn't care about the... I mean, I cared about the grades, but it was mainly how they respected you as a teacher, how their demeanor was, how their attitude was, how they um, 
acted in class in a social um, atmosphere, um, how they got along with all the other kids. And they would tell me, and then um, then I'd ask about the grades and such like that. And um, and then I always told the teachers, I go, let me tell you one thing, if they ever, ever um, get Disres- into, disrespect, disrespect you. you, get into in trouble, I will back your ass up before I back them up. Back back your ass up. You're talking to the teacher. The teachers. The teacher. Sorry. The, I back the teachers. Teacher up before I even back my kids up. And um, I'm tell you one thing that as a sales point, I, I believe the teachers really liked them on that because they knew that they had my kids by the neck and uh, <laughs> could do anything they wanted because they had my support and my backing. And I think that's a lot of problems that's going on right now. It's like little Johnny never does anything wrong. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's no way. I, I see a lot of, I would see a lot of kids being like, oh, this teacher hates me. And my mom went and chewed them out. And I was like, there's no fucking way. I'm like, that teacher could be failing me on purpose. And you would come and be like, what the fuck are you doing wrong to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I think that. I think that's where a lot of our problems going right now is is little the kids is never at wrong in that no, ninety percent of the time it's the kids. Yeah, well, I mean you knew I wasn't perfect. You know I was I was gonna fuck up. I was gonna do shit, and certain things just didn't fly with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's how I was raised, you know. And if I got swats at school, I was gonna get them at home, and then twice as much. And then we'd talk about it after. I got swats or spanked at home and it wasn't spanked. I mean, it was, yeah. it was, um, it was good, yeah. I guess. but it worked, you know, absolutely worked. I mean, no, I wasn't the perfect person, but, um, perfect kid. But, um, if I got swats at school, I'd be like, Oh shit. Yeah. I mean, these the swats at school wasn't anything. It's when I get home. Yeah. I was about to say, and I, I think that that helped raise me quite a bit. I think, I think there's a lot of good things I got out of being your child, but I think what you don't like now is how much of a smart ass I am, and you built this. Mm. You may, I am your like you are the Frankenstein. No, <laughs> you just don't <laughs> want to take responsibility for it. No. What are some things that shocked you later on that you were like, "What the fuck? Like this is not my kid." you know I don't know I mean I'm proud of everything you've done I mean have you done stupid things absolutely we all have but there's not I mean you going through high school and just doing the things you did it's just like I'm still astonished by it because of your persona and um and um one of my your, favorite moments. Your will of not being distracted of, um, how am I supposed to say this? Distracted as not being a quitter. You know, you're not you're not shy. That's that astonishes me. To be honest with you, just your outgoing personality and your um, your uh, upbeat. Just, I mean, wow. Yeah, that, that astonishes me. One of my favorite moments, and we were talking about this the other day, was we were ding dong ditching 
uh, one morning. It was the first. It was actually the first morning of Christmas break. I think I was in the sixth grade, and we we ding dong ditched this house at ten o'clock in the morning three straight times. And it was my buddy Nick, my buddy Chaz, and then I did it. Well, if if you knew anything about me, this is post ACL injury, and even before that, I was still slow. <laughs> Whether that was because I would watch my own shadow or if that was an injury, it didn't matter. I ran slow all the time. And so we do it the third time. Obviously, they're waiting for us. I get pulled into the house. Cops get called. And uh, John, was it John Holm? Yeah. John Holm pulls me into the house with my dad. And, you know, I'm crying. I'm like, I, I messed up. And you're like, what did you do? I was like, we were ding dong ditching. And you're like, all right. That is my son. <laughs> Well, the funny thing, I told y'all to go do it. I go, you guys get out of the house, go playing these stupid video games. Yeah, but that was in the morning. This was a different, like, you would tell us that at night and shit. Go, <laughs> you know, and I, you know, go trouble. African and door dish, yeah. you know, whatever you call it. And um, whenever the cops came, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. What? There, There's my, there's my blood. <laughs> it's my boy. What a... What did you do? It was like in the it was in elementary school. You you stole a canoe. Yeah, yeah. We stole. Uh, I don't know if we stole it. I mean, it was in the back alley, sitting there. It's perfect condition. But me and my buddy Fabian, we just hey, it's been sitting there for a while. Let's take it. And we took it. it just outside someone's house in the backyard. Yeah, in, in the, the alley. alley. <clears throat> we took it, and it was heavy because back then the canoes were a lot heavier than they are now. Yeah, and um. We got in the irrigation ditch and we sailed it. Oh man, that was so much fun! God, it was so. Much, I still remember it. And then we, it was, we sold it into Tanner's Ranch, which is now Drake's Running Horse Ranch. Then we backpedaled back, and then um, right before uh, Sullivan, the ditch goes under the street. Well, we were like, well, crap, we have to get it out and and um take it out and it started sinking and then we were all pulling it out and then a couple of our other friends came over and we seen us what we're doing and we were pulling it out and then all of a sudden the cops come one cop and um they put us against the chain link fence and how old were you fifth grade put <laughs> <laughs> <And then laughs> so against the chain link fence put us in the back of the cop cars and then um take us around to our na- to our families and then we're trying they're trying to tell us where we got the canoe we obviously we lied <laughs> and then we finally told them where we got it from and then they went to that house and then um eventually took us all over to our parents home well my I was the only one that my parents were at the house because they were at the golf course, <laughs> and the cop that pulled us o- or busted us knew my mom and dad. That's the worst. And they were with her husband at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. How'd that work out? Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember that beating or spanking. <laughs> you get it. <clears throat> it was a different time. You could say beating. Yeah. Oh God, I remember that. Oof. Do you ever have any, like, welts or no, anything? No, I wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> I'm sure there was. I don't know. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a, 
Well, it was child abuse. Well, that's the thing, it is right? Child abuse now, right? But, but at the not. but at the time, like, who are you gonna tell? Who's right. gonna sit there and and listen to you? Because what was that? It was seven seventies, night seventy, eighty one. Probably eighty one, eighty two, something like that. I was about to say, yeah, like who who Around are you gonna time, tell? When Reagan got shot, I was in fifth grade and Reagan got, Reagan got shot, so that was what. 81, 80, something like that. Did, wait, did Reagan serve two terms? That's how mm-hmm. bad I am with U.S. history. Yeah. So he went 80, 84? 80, 84, 84, 88. Gotcha. So, so it was the first time you got shot, and you're out there stealing canoes. Right. Well, they. I think she was throwing it away, honestly. Cause and they, you still got in trouble? Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So... What else, what is the, what was the change, so you, sorry, I'm trying to think, so what was the change in Farmington High, so you went into high school in 10th grade, right? Right, yes, yes, yes. So, like, what was that experience like, because you had middle school three years, but you only had high school technically three years. Right. So what was that experience like, because I went to high school four years, I don't, I don't know what the changes have been up at Farmington High, what were the teachers like? They were cool. I mean, I mean, I guess um, it was old school. I mean, you don't disrespect. You don't. You got suspended. High school, you didn't get SWATs. Obviously, you just got suspended pretty much because SWATs were pretty out outdated by then. You know, elementary, junior high, you might have got SWATs, but um, high school, you know, you just got. You'd have detention, and detention was after school. Yeah. It wasn't a class period. It was... It wasn't during lunch. It wasn't, it wasn't during lunch or anything like that. It was, you know, I think school got at 310, then you went to detention till 410. So that's the latest they could keep you. I guess, yeah. Tec- I mean, technically. I, I never, you, you had detention, you went. Yeah. Um, And the suspension, you get suspended, you get suspended um did you ever get suspended in high school yeah what did you get suspended for mm, fighting and being intoxicated at homecoming dance no or back to school dance it was a back to school dance how did that go I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> what led up to that what were you guys doing before we had a party mm-hmm. at my parents house cause they were out of town and um yeah, we tore it up. Apparently. <laughs> and um, what was? But okay, so then at that time, so you're you guys are drinking up, drinking beforehand, having yeah. a party. Mm-hmm. What was the drink of choice? What were what was your it was cup the of tea Coors at the time? Light Party Ball. Oh man, the Party Ball man. I'm, we're the, talking the old dispense like um the Party Ball dude. This is way before your time. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to I'm trying to describe this. It was like a aquarium. It was a fishbowl fishbowl looking thing with, with the, a spout at the end of it no it had a cat or a tap in it you oh my poked God. in there and then pumped it and stuff and so kind of sort of if anyone's listening to this it like have you seen those heineken like mini kegs was kind of like that like because it it's was the same a plastic thing it was plastic oh it was plastic it wasn't metal it was no it was old. plastic okay i mean i mean it was wow and the tap you think you could use over and over again but no you couldn't but yeah, we were doing that, and um, I remember the people being there. 
So those that are listening. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a worldwide audience, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. This goes we, on right after the Pat McAfee we show. We tore it up and then um, went to that dance. And before I even walked in, I was probably running my mouth and thinking I was a Billy Badass. And then my ex-wrestling coach, which was AD at the time, which he, his dad, or Enright, I was good friends with Rex. His son. His son. Because, matter of fact, his son is the first one that introduced me to alcohol. Hold and on, then, so time out. So, real quick. He was a senior when you were a sophomore, no, right? No, he was already graduated. That's what I'm saying. He was a senior when you were a sophomore. How, how, I was a freshman when he graduated. So, he was a senior when you were a freshman. Right. Okay. So, then he was already... So he was He's not already high in school. college. Yeah, and you're yeah, a senior gone, in high school when this happened, right? Yeah, because okay. I was working. I just want to. I just want to get the timeline. And Rex and Scotty and all yeah. these guys and all. So, uh, yeah. So his dad, which is my old wrestling coach, and now the AD, and then Sigmund, which is president or president principal, and me and his son were best friends. Yeah, and they busted me. And then, how did they bust you? What happened? I was you getting don't... in a fight. You were about to get in a fight. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then I was obviously not in the right headspace. Right. <laughs> and then, um, so they took me in, and then, um, bada boom, bada boom. I was spending a week at home doing chores, cutting wood three times, and then um, doing homework. And here we are. That was the back to school dance. Yeah. I was about to say. And so, I was probably two weeks into school, my senior year. Damn. I was about to say. Did Mom you, and dad were not happy. I wonder why. <laughs> and so this was the fall of 1988. 88, yes. Because you graduated 89. So did you go to any AA meetings? Like, you had to do something because of that, right? Well, go ahead. Opening up a lot of yeah, stuff. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I had There's a to large viewership, to, by the way. <laughs> uh, had to go to the Willows and um, to, re, I don't know if you call it rehab or whatever, but counseling. Mm-hmm. Because Farmington High had a, had, did have a... Alcohol policy? List of, well, back then a lot of people were, you know, they were trying to crack down on stuff and a lot of people getting shipped to Oklahoma for rehab and stuff. And, oh, shit. And um, being in my senior year, you know, they had a list of me being at certain parties even in the summer and stuff because we had a lot of narcs, which I know the names <laughs> of those motherfuckers to this day. One was a swimmer. One was a lifeguard at the San Juan Country Club. And you I'm know, fucking looking for and you. And I fucking know who you are. <laughs> so they had your track record. Did you know that before? No, I did not know that. And the funny thing about that is, such a small town, my neighbors down the street, the Wellmans, they, one was the counselor, one was my English teacher in high or junior high, they were in charge of that, so they had a booklet on, or a file on me, even at stuff that I was in, um, participating in, in the middle of the summer, which I totally disagreed with. But anyways, so yeah, I had to go to that for a semester and then... But so they, so just so I understand, they tracked you, 
They knew all the stuff you they were doing. They had narcs, not just no, on me. But no, no, I get, I get that. But so, but they aired out your dirty laundry once you got caught. They, they had a file right, before I even got caught. But that's what I'm, but that's, but that's what I'm saying. But you didn't know about this right. until they, you got caught, then and then they, they said, go, hey, boom, we have this, this, this. This on guy you. has a problem. And they need to ship him off to Oklahoma. And there was no, there was nothing beforehand. They need to send home a letter to there. No, so, not that I know of, but no. Yeah. No, and so uh, we were able to, you know, let's do this in house or in town stuff, and so I had to sit there and in the um go to counseling and um group group AA meetings type deal which is really huh, inspiring I guess I don't know what you call it <laughs> but I was the youngest one there with all these drugs and I'm fucking overachiever yeah I'm like wow man I'm I got a lot to do <laughs> I gotta catch to up catch up with these people <laughs> you know but um anyways it first semester and then um come my spring semester it, i've learned a lot and back you know, out I, of it. I know how to handle the how to drink beer right and, <laughs> and all that so so moving on from college you or sorry moving on from high school you went to san juan for two years i went to san juan for two and then changed my major and then went to another two years maybe four years i can't remember then and then um, went to Fort Lewis and finished there. So you so you did four years at San Juan. I think maybe I, well, I took a year off pretty much in between there because I tried New Mexico State and um, that was like a six week adventure, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Juarez was, was open back then. <laughs> what was what was the reason that you stopped going to state? I just wasn't into it. I mean, I knew before I even went down there, I wasn't mentally um, prepared, mature enough probably to do it. Uh, prepared's right, but mature enough is probably more um, correct on it. But um, yeah, I just wasn't. I wasn't the best student in high school. Um, I was even thinking about joining the Marines. My mom told me this to try college one year, and I tried it at San Juan, and it actually did really well, especially at math, which is one of my least um, favorite subjects and weakest favorite or weakest subjects. And I did really well, and it was such a adrenaline rush that I was like, "Hey, let's keep it on," and which I did, and but uh was planning on going to transferring down to Mexico State and then honestly the first two years at San Juan College was probably the best the best years of my college years ever mm-hmm. even even after I returned after a year off after I tried state and then came back to San Juan and changed my major the first two years at San Juan was probably the best time I ever had and obviously saved a lot of money but um, it was a good time. It really was. And then so, so again, I'm just trying to get the time frame. So you went Farmington High, two years at San Juan. Then a year off. Then a year off. Then went back to San Juan for two? A, a year? A year, year or two? two. I can't remember. And then you went to Fort, Fort Lewis. Lewis. Gotcha. 
and went to Fort Lewis, and then by then I was like, hey. So you were in Fort Lewis when you were 23? Pretty much, probably. 23, and then you were there for two years? Two years, 20. Yeah, two and a half. For a history major. For U.S. history and education. No, so I'm I was saying for a history major, you don't know your fucking years. Right. Fuck <laughs> 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 is this virtual so I can kick your fucking ass in front of everybody? Not video, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> I'm sure they'll get the point. So what was... Okay, so then at that point, what was your drink of choice? Back then? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Um, Coors Light. Still Coors Light? Mm-hmm. But it's never the Yellow Bellies. Never straight Coors. No. Not the, the original. No, I, I tried... You know, back in the API days and when I was working at the country club, we stole all the beer. Because at the API, they'd give all... There's just there was free beer everywhere. Free beer everywhere. So I mean, we so have anyone, a mixture yeah. of everything. So what does API stand for? American, American Petroleum Institute. So that so for anyone listening, that those were the best days at the country club. Was it was one weekend, right? It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday. No, Friday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and at every hole, it was every tee box or every. Back hole. then, it was. It wasn't as fluent as food holes, is what you're saying? Or just, I'm just saying for beer. But back then, it was probably, yeah, maybe every hole, every other hole. I, but they'd only like have tra- trash can full. This is before your, way before your time. Yeah, yeah. But they'd have trash cans of beer and sodas. Yep. And no one's watching it. Nope. And then I was a bag boy, and um, I'll throw names out there Scotty Gates, Rex Enright. <laughs> Zach, Zach Sigmund, Greg Glade, all those people, yeah. By the way, when you were a bag boy, what year was that? I mean, you were the bag boy in high school, though. 86. It was my first year. When was, I, the, when was the last year you were a bag boy? 90, 91. Because I so, even was working for my dad. I was doing two two jobs. What's, what's the statute of limitations? I don't know. I, as a matter of fact, I may go look for a job there now. What? It's, it's 20 years, right? Statue of limitation where you can't get in trouble for shit you did in the past. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I was about to say, you're old enough now that yeah. it's probably fucking past. No, no, they knew. They knew. <laughs> no, I get they that. They knew. I got caught by down there yeah. on a location on a whole 10 shotgun and a beer. So. <laughs> That's not, no, I, I, there's no. There's no repercussion for that no, now. No, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd st- they had mixtures of everything, so we drank it all. And back then it didn't matter, but now you mix it, and I just like, ooh. But yeah, the Coors, original Coors. I wish I could, cause I love, I the love, I love the movie, um, Clint Eastwood, Every Which Way But Loose. Oh yeah, and that's what he drinks. The original. Coors. It was in that Stein bottle, wasn't it? Original Coors. But he would, he would drink it in that stubby bottle, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. I had a girl tell me recently, and she'll know if she listens to this, she'll know who exactly who she is. But she was like, oh, yeah, do you see that Coors Banquet is starting to make uh, beer in the uh, kombucha bottles? We're like, the fuck are you talking about? She's like, the little kombucha bottles. We're like, you know Coors, Coors Banquet's been doing that for fucking years, yeah, they've, right? been, they've, <laughs> they've done it for a while, but. Yeah. Coors Original, yep. But you were a Coors Light guy. Did you, you had a whiskey phase though, right? Oh, yeah. I'm not making that up. Yeah. Yeah. But what was it? What whiskey? 
anything. Anything that was open. Yeah, back in back in the day, like in New Mexico State, you know, Jack Daniels and a little bit of Coke. Yeah, don't want to talk about <laughs> that. And then when I was working in the oil field, is Crown. I loved Crown, but um, yeah, sometimes that just stuff has too much to uh, too much kick. Yeah, right away. What was so when? I think of staples for parties, and it's sad to think about this, but when I think of staples for a party, and no matter what, I know for sure there's going to be beer pong. If it's a party, there's going to be beer pong at the house. What was like the staple for you guys? Were there games? Was it people shotgunning? Was it just people talking? What was what was like the, the vibe of a party back in the 80s, 90s, or whatever? Well, one thing, you guys are pussies. Yeah. I agree you guys with are you. big fucking pussies. Okay. But, Enlighten uh, me on how we're fucking pussies. Is out in the hills, big bonfire and fights. See, okay, so that's that was the thing I would try to tell people in Albuquerque, but maybe maybe getting out to the hills is a little bit different, a little more sketchy, or you'd have to go out a little further. We would go out, what, ten minutes west, north, north, north. But I say you go ten minutes north, there's fucking nobody out there. So you would just take a keg out there, wouldn't you? Right. We take a keg. Well, now, you know, it's shit. You know, where Pinion Hills crosses over the glade, they used, and this is before my time, the cottonwood tree that's sitting there, that was a cottonwood. It still stands there. That was back in my sister's days. And then the point, which is up there by the archery range, that was during my sister's uh, days in the cove. In the cove, where we go down by Pinion Hill, or Pinion, and we go side-by-side riding. Mm-hmm. And, um, drop down in there and right to the right was the cove and that was a huge party spot yeah and then gopher's gulch when i was in school shirley's rock the beach um those are the main the hog which now there's a lot of homes around there shirley's rock's probably the only one that's pretty still out there desolate yeah but still not desolate because it's it's a lot it's changed a lot but it wasn't a necessarily a 10-minute drive out there where it is, is now. But, yeah, that's what we do. Kegger, kegger at Shirley's Rock. Let's go. There we go. And you just drink beer, hang drink out. Drink beer, keg, Iron Maiden, yeah. ACDC, Def Leppard, the good stuff. Yeah. You know? You Any rap, there'd be like Sugar Hill Gang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then nothing beats the old Hank Williams Jr., Oh my gosh, that's so fucking funny. Well, that's the thing too is when you guys said you were going somewhere, people knew how to fucking get there. Yeah. I the the saddest part, and I'm not proud of this, but when whenever we would go out there, and I I can tell you this for certain, I never drank out there, but I still never fucking knew where we were going. Right. I mean, we would have to call people and be like, "All right, do you see this? Yeah. All right, now turn left." Never like fucking knew how to get out. We there. now we had no cell phones. Yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. You either follow the line of traffic going out there, or you have to see the smoke and figure it or out. Just know where you're going. Yeah, that's or go with was. somebody. I mean, it's such great days where there's no cell phone service or anything like that. And um, do you um, think that plays a factor in people from your generation to mine? Right? There's there's a disconnect between your generation and mine. I feel like your generation has less flaky people. And I could be wrong. 
But the reason why I would say that is, let's say you and I made plans. We're the same age in your time. And you're like, all right, meet me here at 8 o'clock. All right, we had an un- we had an understanding and an agreement. We would meet there at 8 o'clock. And you didn't really have an, a, a way to tell someone you couldn't make it. So a lot of time, people would show up. Mm-hmm. Is that is that correct? Yeah. For the most part. In my generation, you know, we go, hey, let's meet somewhere at 8 o'clock. And if you don't feel like it 10 minutes before, you can text that person mm-hmm. and say you can't make it. And I, I mean, it's probably not news to anyone, but that's, I mean, that's something I never really thought I about. I never really even thought about that, what you're saying right there, because, um, hey, we're going to crown skating. <laughs> crown, crown skating rink at nine, meet us there. Okay. It was usually... Someone would meet you there. Yeah, it yeah. would happen. I never really thought of it that way, and that's... I think now that technology is, it gives you that easy, easy escape almost. Yeah. Easy escape because I'm sure there's times even on my end or whatever, you know what? I don't want to go, you know, but you know what? I'm supposed to be there at nine and it's eight o'clock, you know, and it's already set. And and so, yeah. Wow. Good question. Um, Yeah. I think that technology, I mean, I, I still think technology is the downfall of us all. Um, I'm so shocked you don't have a fucking bunker somewhere. Like, you sound like a doomsday prepper. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but um, it just uh, yeah, I never thought of the good good question. But yeah, that's never really you know able to remember anything and say hey we can't do it or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. I was about to say, or you just got stood up and that person was an asshole. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, but honestly, there's nothing that sticks out, you know. Yeah. Nowadays, everybody remembers everything, you know, because Joe Blow does this or whatever. But yeah, um, no, I don't remember anything like that. But I think that's, a, yeah. And then if you told, so if like you went on a date with a girl, you're like, hey, I'm gonna pick you up at seven. Like you, you went picked her up at seven. Like yeah, there was no because my mom is driving. <laughs> Okay, so that was one thing I remember someone telling me, one of your friends, and like, oh, that's bullshit. He doesn't know what he's talking about. His mom typed his papers. Well, no, that was Cecil. <laughs> and? Cecil, yeah, and Rick Espinoza. You know, Cecil would always, I remember when I was in college, I'd say, hey, dude, I got this Lewis Lamore book. You want to read it? Yep. All right, I'll bring you a case of 12 pa- or a case of Coors Light down to Shiprock, bring you the book, give me a page of essay and I'll turn it in. Yeah. Worked out great. But but the difference is what I'm hearing out of this is not he didn't do it for you. You wrote the paper. He would type it out. No, he wrote it and typed it. He wrote it and typed it. Okay. Cecil? That's even fucking better. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he would do it all. Go, Dude, oh, that's even he better. He lived down in Shiprock. <laughs> they didn't have, it was a dry county or dry town. <laughs> So here's a 12 pack or a case of beer. And so I, you brought a Meta's Gold at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I leave Durango and go to Shiprock and drop off the beer and pick up my paper. You went from Durango to Shiprock for that? Hell yeah. What was that, an hour and a half? I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was worth the final take grade. It would take a lot longer for me to read that book. <laughs> and he would just, he would read the book and do everything for you? He loved Louis L'Amour. So it was. 
Louis Amore being the author? Yeah. Okay. The books. The Western. Oh, shit. I don't know. Yeah. I don't fucking read. Right. Me, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> What's something you had? Okay. What's something you have? I know you read a little bit. What's something you have read that you're like, I recommend? You would tell me right now. I the Shack. Read. That's the... That's a Christian book, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything nonfiction? Nonfiction? Yeah. Donald Trump's books and Tony Dungy. Okay. I love the Tony Dungy thing. Was, is, as a matter of fact, I was talking to my buddy today about that. He's all telling me about that book. I'm like, dude, I read both of his. Mm-hmm. I think and, he has three now. Does he have three? I think. I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to correct you. I just. No, right. But I know I've read two of them and they're just very inspirational. And I actually like nonfiction more than fiction itself. And I don't consider The Shack, per se, fiction. Um, that book right there, I remember going to work and I just want to hurry up and get home to read. And I was like, wow, this is me? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And, um, and it was so... And back then, I was getting into um, learning more about Christ and stuff, which was very inspirational. And um, and it really brings out the layman. It really brings out the Trinity of God, or Trinity of Christ, in layman's terms, and you could really see it visually. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed it. And um, I would read it again, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, I, I I haven't really done any reading. The last the last thing I read, and I read half of it, was the the end of gender. And it was talking about how there isn't a, di- a difference between gender and sex. That one was a that one's a wild book. Are you confused on who you are? I'm perfectly content on who good, I good, am. Good, good. Because I'm still, I was like, I'm still oh, your shit. I'm still your boy. <laughs> no, it's just I had heard her on the. I can't remember her name, but she was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and I was—I read that book because of it. Right. Who would you say is someone that is like a hero in your mind? Someone is a champion in your mind that kind of molded you to who you are. I'd say my dad. Um. I mean, I wish I could be more like him in a lot of aspects. I always looked up Jerry Clayton. Um, God rest his soul. Yes. Um, always looked up to him, but um, my dad, you know, just he was, and he'll tell you he wasn't the perfect dad, but who is? Mm-hmm. But um, just his go-getting attitude, I guess, is his his competitiveness, his. Um, um, business mindset. I mean, just a lot of things. Um, Jerry Clayton as himself. Just, I mean, he did the American Dream. I mean, and he would never, ever, ever, ever know how successful he was by just meeting him. You, you would never, never would know. know. You'd never know. Um, that's very um, enlightening to this day because you can see him walking down the street you never know Jesus Christ and you never know how much what he was worth what he's done not just what he's worth just what he's done and um, yeah 
this remarkable man. Yeah. Both of them are. Both of them are. Yeah. Just seeing if you had. <laughs> just no, that's it. That's it, man. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, what do you think that you took from Gramps, your dad? I call him Gramps. What do you think you took from him that you're glad you instilled in Amory and myself? Discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know all the spankings I got, and um, also. One of the main things when I worked for my dad, whenever I started roughnecking for him, he was always like, "Dude, or not son, yeah, you know, you're not my kid out there, and I'm not your dad out there. Your boss is that operator on that rig, and um, don't come crying to me if you have issues, unless it's a safety issue. Other than that, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit." And, um, that was just, and another thing, what he did is whenever I dropped out of school in New Mexico State, he goes, you know what? You drop out, you're on your own. He goes, and he, he had his own business. He goes, don't come work. You're not going to get a job with me. You go find your own job. You get your own place to stay. I'm like, all right. And, um. It was tough love. It's not, I hate it. I did not hate him one bit for it. It was tough love, and um, it did me really, really well. I truly believe that. How much do you think it would have harmed you personally had he opened up and just been like, yeah, you can move back home, and I've got a job for you, all that kind of stuff? Just been like any of the other little bastards running around right now. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. I mean, just a silver spoon. I'm as very fortunate, still very fortunate for what I had and what I have because of my parents, but um, taking advantage of them, no, 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 that's a no, 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 and um, work ethic and and just, um, yeah, I mean, I, that, I instill that into you, I try to instill that into you and your, your sister and stuff, it's like, you know what? I don't give a shit if if there were, if I was worth millions of dollars, you're still getting a job, and if you don't have a job, go to Burger King or whatever, which is nothing wrong with that, but you're not going to be just a silver spoon. Right. And those little bastards right there, I mean, yeah. Anyways, so, yeah, um, I totally appreciate my dad, and I tell him that to this day where the best thing you ever did is tell me, you know what, this is this and this and this, and you're on your own. I remember one time when I was working for him, and uh, I'd roughnecked and cleaned the yard, the yard with weeds and stuff and paint and all that garbage. And I remember going in there and I was in charge of the payroll, and I signed his check, his freaking check, handed it to him, and then he told me, he goes, all right, now go pull weeds out in the yard I'm like are you fucking kidding me yeah. but you was, were signing because you were signing everybody you were doing a task a, for him yeah I was doing payroll and, and you were signing was, everyone's check in the company check, yeah. including his even including his I hand it to him and then he tells me to go clean the yard and I'm like when you say clean the yard because this is it's an oil field company 
Right, it's rigs. I was about to say, and so you're talking clean yard. Like it's pull as- weeds. It's asphalt out there. Or not asphalt. No. It's gravel out there. It's gravel. It's weeds. Pull and weeds what do you and... what do you think space wise? What would you what would you say? Twenty five yards, fifty yards by. Oh, it's longer than that. Yeah, no, but by what? What would you say, give or take? Just just rough estimate. Fifty yard by. It was four acres. Shit. So yeah, and he's like, go pick, go clean up the yard. Go get cleaned up. Do this, do that. I mean, it wasn't like cigarette butts. You're talking payroll to doing stuff like that. I mean, it's like really. Yeah, but you're talking weeds. You're talking cigarette butts. You're talking anything that's in. Just go. Anything that's not a rock. Clean it up. Yeah. Go scrub. Go scrub equipment. Go paint equipment. Just stuff like that. I mean, just. It wasn't. I had to get out of my Dockers and get into some jeans or whatever jeans and stuff and steel toes and all that stuff. So, but it was good. Yeah, it was good because a lot of people nowadays, this is like, here, here you go, and you you pulled weeds for a day and you worked on the rig one day and then you know it all. Here you go. Yeah. No, no, that didn't cut it. You don't get respect for that. Yeah. You to work from the ground up. Work for the ground up and still work for the ground up even when you're on the higher up. Yeah. Once you're management, you're not above anyone. No. No. That that guy that you're that's supposedly below you, could, you could be working for him the next day. Yeah. Just having that level of respect. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. I think we learned a lot about that. It was, you know, we can't, you know, having divorced parents and going back and forth we'd come home and it's like there's shit to be done and like we would we would hang out we would talk we would have fun there's shit to be done here mm-hmm. absolutely never especially on divorced kids you know cater to them from one house to the next you gotta say you know what hey welcome you know how's it going everything's good alright hey there's dog crap to be picked up there's this that you know whatever you yeah. just you got to go no, play fetch with polo or whatever. There's no vacation. Yeah. You know, it's still, this is your home, but there's, you got to manage your home. Something that I think I respected that, you know, you and mom did, because um, you guys obviously had your differences and stuff, but like if we were grounded over here, we were grounded over there. Mm-hmm. If we were grounded over there, we were grounded over here. Yeah. You got to work between each other, between each other, um, no matter what, just for the kids sake. And, um, I've seen so many kids like that where it's like, yeah, I was about to say, we'll fucking relax real quick. I was about to say, are you going to pee right now? I said, relax. Jesus, you put a microphone table down? Good Lord. So my dad just went to go pee. Big thing, I just, I don't know. What I was saying for everyone else, and he's going to ask me to repeat this, I guarantee it, but uh, yeah, I mean, we we were never off the hook, per se. We would you know, if, if we got in trouble over my mom, she'd call my dad and be like, Hey, like they're grounded. And that stayed true over here. It, it would frustrate my dad and he'd go, damn it. You know, I had this plan, this plan, this plan, but you know, we, we were grounded. There was no if, ands or buts about it. And I think that helped out tremendously, um, in the development of my sister and I, cause you know, we couldn't pit mom and dad against each other. And, um, that was, I mean, it's kind of tough thinking about it now because uh, every other kid would have mom and dad pitted against each other. I remember kids talking about that. I remember there was kids at Farmington High 
They were like, oh, yeah, if I'm grounded at mom's, I can go over to my dad's, and he'll be like, oh, fuck her, you can do whatever. And we never really had that. Never had that opportunity. We were grounded over there. We were grounded over here. Yep. Got to follow suit. <laughs> Absolutely. Consistency. That's the main thing is consistency. Because kids will run all over your ass. <laughs> They couldn't with me. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny growing up because I remember with my mom, I knew what to expect. When, if I was in trouble or whatever, I, I knew how she was going to react. I never fucking knew how you were going to react. Never knew. I, I got pulled over. The first time I ever got pulled over, um, I was 16. I was 16 years old. I didn't have my driver's license. It was sitting here at the house, and I don't remember why. Um, I ran a stop sign, and I didn't have my insurance card in the truck. We had insurance on the truck. I didn't have my insurance card. I don't remember as to why, but I didn't. And I had, so I had three tickets, and I was like, my dad is going to fucking kill me. I was like, he's going to be so pissed off. And I walk in, and I was like, here's my keys. Like, I was just, I was expecting the worst. I was like, he's going to take my my truck. He's going to ground me. Like, I'm fucked. And uh, you just look at me like, no, dude, you got to learn from your mistakes. You're like, you got to pay it, but you got to learn from your mistakes. I was like, okay. And you're like, how'd that feel when you first saw your cop car? And like started laughing. And we were joking about it 15 minutes later. And I was like, what the fuck? I was not expecting that at all. Meanwhile, probably two years later, we have, for anyone listening, outside my dad's house, we have two wooden pillars. I don't know why you put them up. Because we had two wood pillars from the cement slab up to the ceiling. Oh, yeah, ceiling. because they used to be like little cement columns. I got it changed whenever I bought the house. Okay, okay. That, all right, that yeah. checks out. So we had that, but they were just flat wood. It was like straight from yeah. whoever cut it underneath. And he was like, your job, just for today, I need you to stain it. I need you oh, to stain yeah. both of them. Yeah. And you're like, put a tarp down so it doesn't get on the concrete. I was all right, mm-hmm. cool. Well, I put a tarp down. Did I do a good job in no. sustaining it? Absolutely not. I got Still like there. I got a couple of drops on the concrete. I remember you getting home and you're like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I was like, what <laughs> just fucking happened? <laughs> like, I got three tickets in one night and my dad laughs. I get three drops of stain on the concrete and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> the tickets can be washed away. <laughs> Stain's still there. Stain is a lifetime. Jesus. It's called about resale, motherfucker. Resale. Oh, that was another one. I remember because I took your Jeep to school because the truck was down. And I took your Jeep to school. And you're like, nobody rides in this Jeep. Uh, Well, I had a a, (laughs) a class called Lifetime Sports and Fitness. It was off campus. And we would go elsewhere. Well, we were mountain biking out behind Piedra Vista. Or no, no, we were playing frisbee golf out behind Piedra Vista. Uh, Pietra Vista everyone else had left there's three other kids left behind and our teacher would not drive anyone to and from school period and I remember she was like well you're the only one here and then I came in and I was like fuck okay I was like I just remember like that ringing in my head I'm 16 years old in this class junior year and I remember thinking my dad like nothing's gonna happen it's fine just go from hmm. go from PV to Farmington all got it you know everything was fine and one kid has his backpack in there in the back seat and the backpack strap gets caught on the cup holder while he's coming out, and he rips his backpack because he thought it was just stuck on the other side of something else and rips the cup holder in half. Still shocked to this day that it happened. I look and I go, 
fuck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know how he's going to react. Was and sure enough, kid? No, he's from Farmington. Oh. And the, uh, I felt bad because immediately he's like, dude, I'll pay for it. And I wanted to be like, it, the money does not matter. My dad's going <laughs> to fucking... I was like, <laughs> like, my dad's going to fucking kill me. And you were pissed. I remember that part. I remember we went down and talked about that part. And that part was like $120. Yeah. And we never yeah. and we never got it back in. No. Yeah. But yeah. I, I could have sold that car a little bit more then. <laughs> well, Dad, I really appreciate you being on the podcast with me. Do you have any final words, final thoughts? No. You know what? I'm proud of what you've done and how you are and, and uh, the man you're becoming. And, and I'm very blessed with that. And. I thank you for that, and thank you for the young man you've turned out to be. And um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Don't, don't fuck mean, it up. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> you know. You know, make this sound great, but um, no, it's fun. Yeah. It's enjoyable. I've I've heard your podcast before with Coach Worth, which we had a little discussion out here on the deck before about it and stuff, and um, and with coach bradley and stuff i mean there's there's a lot of fun listening to you do stuff like that and just keep it up and keep doing the good work and and make me proud don't fuck it up cheers cheers i guess diet coke (laughs) love you